Alexis, I am so happy to talk to you. I admit, when I read your professional bio, I was terrified. <laughs> I felt like Penny and the Big Bang Theory. But then I went to your podcast page and I was like, this woman is somebody I really, I, I, I'm so grateful to because she is going to make science so much fun for me. So welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. So we will be dropping in tidbits about your professional bio because mm -hmm. Alexis Cactus, uh, I'm so sorry, I'm tripping over my words, Alexis Katsis, otherwise known as Dr. Lex, <laughs> is an immunologist with over 10 years of experience, and, and she's worked in different areas within global health, all to advance the movement of interventions out of the laboratory and into clinical trials. But here's what makes me really excited, is that she knows how to make cashmere and what seafoam has in connect you know why it's like champagne <laughs> i'm going to go over to your fabulous new po uh, podcast it's called lux sci which i believe is short for luxury and science yes where did that fantastic name come from um, it came from my love of, I have to admit, fabulous shoes. I have quite the shoe collection. And uh, I've always really loved the world of fashion and luxury, and yet took a very different professional route. And um, I wanted to see if there's a way I could combine my two worlds. And so the name is just this mashed together amalgamation of my two loves. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is fantastic. What are some of your favorite uh, heels? Tell me a little bit about the ones you love to walk in most. I have to tell you, I have not worn heels in quite some time. Um, <laughs> I did used to go to the lab in heels, always closed-toed, of course. You always have to have closed-toed shoes in the laboratory. Um, and those days are, are definitely done for me. But I do have a really fabulous pair of um, pink glittered uh, ankle boots that have a heel on them, which... I currently love because I also love anything that sparkles. So I know, I know, like me, you have a thing for sequins. I've got a pair of Vivian Westwood pink high heels that are made out of like latex smell of strawberries. And of course, I can't wear them. I, I can't wear heels anymore because of the writer's issue, which breaks my heart. But there is no yeah. ever letting go of them because they are art. Yes. Absolute art. Shoes yes. are art and they never let you down. So mm -mm. you've got an amazing logo, which just cracked me up when I was, when I saw it. <laughs> it is a champagne glass with what looks like champagne and molecules. And yes. It's connecting with a beaker yeah. that has a little bit of DNA inside it, a little bit of molecules and more champagne, and they are clinking like glasses. <laughs> Where did that come from? Because it's genius. Yeah, so that was a collaboration between me and a really talented graphic designer that I found on Upwork, which is an amazing resource if you have like a very specific singular project you want done. And there's so many talented people on the site. And so um, Sumner and I, the graphic designer, kind of collaborated. I had this idea that I wanted something with champagne and something sciency, and I needed DNA uh, in there. I have been in love with DNA and all the processes around DNA since I was in high school. Um, and it's it's what got me into going into science in the first place um, was a an experiment I did in my high school biology class. But um, so yeah, it, it just was this amazing artistic collaboration. We played with colors and I really felt like 
for it to scream luxury, it sort of had to be in this black and metallic color theme, you know, and it, it, it pops in the podcast apps, which doesn't hurt also. <laughs> it, 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 it's brilliant. I mean, if you are creating podcast art, FYI, if you're starting a podcast, remember it needs to be very visible at a very mm-hmm. small size and you're competing with a lot out there. So do yeah. not uh, uh, Speaking of your, I'm seeing a range of, uh, design shoes that have DNA on them. I, I can imagine better heels. I, I know I haven't. I mean, with he, with with COVID the last two years, I I haven't even used my winter coats. But I'm right. a range of high heels with little DNA all over them. That'd be great. I would totally wear. I would, well, at least try to. Again, heels are a little iffy right now, but I would <laughs> I would make the sacrifice for a pair of heels with DNA strands on them. <laughs> I think I think that's a brilliant business idea. We should talk about it offline. Yes, yes, we should. Speaking of closed toe shoes, because I said I'd drop in some tidbits. Uh, Doctor Lex started off. He's just you started your career working in research labs for two pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. and we're hearing a lot about pharmaceutical companies at the moment, of course. Yes, supporting clinical trial and then analysis and drug development, which is also very top of mind for everybody mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, but. I do want to zip back over to your podcast because sometimes we need a break from that. Sometimes yes. we need a break from hearing about hearing about science. Yeah. But, but so if, if you're on the news and you are hearing all about that, Dr. Lex can explain it to you and keep, <laughs> keep an eye out for upcoming podcasts. But jump on her luxsci.podcastpage.io where she explores a lot more, which which I find uh, pressure relief topics. <laughs> yes, that was the idea. You know, I um, was fortunate to be able to talk about the pandemic and the vaccine with a lot of friends and family and to help them navigate their questions around it. And that was also a bit exhausting for me. <laughs> and... I got to this point where I was like, I love talking about science usually. Like, why don't I love it anymore? And I decided that I loved it when I was a kid because it was just about the wonder of finding out how things work. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to bring to the podcast is just take an item, any item, a normal everyday item that you interact with, even a luxury item. And there's some really cool science behind it. I've heard of Bill Nye, the science guy, but Dr. Lex will take you to the red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, yeah, I love Bill Nye. And uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to upscale it a little bit, right? You know, <laughs> a little bit different audience. <laughs> oh, you are absolutely upscaling it. This is the only science podcast I think I would, uh, that I would listen to. Speaking of luxury, I adore cashmere. Uh, yes. It feels beautiful, uh, high-quality cashmere. Mm-hmm. That is different from you, – you, you'll see cashmere for sale all over the place, but it is different from genuine cashmere. Yes. Uh, they are – so don't be fooled by the name. You, you do want to be very specific about the cashmere you choose mm-hmm. and look after it very carefully because it will last you for years. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat and – sneakily not listen to that podcast and just ask you, can you give us a teaser about how cashmere is made? Yeah, I think what was really interesting for me in the cashmere episode was that, A, most of the cashmere nowadays comes out of China. Um, and that's where they have the goats. So there's a specific couple of breeds of goats that create cashmere and it's the undercoat. It's not the top coat. It's the undercoat of the goat. That's the cashmere, the soft, fluffy And what's been really interesting is that 
obviously scientists over there have been looking into the genetics of what makes a cashmere goat as opposed to a regular goat. And um, with the idea that you could start crossbreeding uh, for specific genetic traits, softer cashmere, stronger cashmere, more cashmere. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And then I wasn't aware that they treat cashmere as part of the production process um, because the wool has some qualities that are not so great for clothing production, um, including <laughs> including the ability to um, have microorganisms adhere to it. And so we don't really want to be walking around with a whole bunch of bacteria on our clothes, although we, we sort of topic. Um, so, they, <laughs> so they treat it and a lot of it is chemical treating, which you know I think most people wouldn't be very much for. So there was this one process where they could take uh, chitin, which is the exoskeleton of like bugs and stuff. They take that material and, and essentially it'll bond right to the cashmere. A form of it will bond right to the cashmere to coat it. It was very, it was a very interesting, I thought, <laughs> very interesting topic. So yeah, it was neat yeah. to see. Yeah, you, had, you had me at cashmere and I'm looking forward to the podcast episode about why we want bacteria on our Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even about why we want to, we just really can't avoid it. So it's just one of those things you kind of have to not think about. <laughs> yes, we I, I know we're all about bacteria at the moment with vaccines and, and there's been some fabulous fashion with masks. But speaking of fashion, I noticed on your podcast about the spring 2022 ready to wear. I got very excited last mm -hmm. year when hot pink was all over. The oh, place. love that color. Wasn't that fun? I, I had a full tailored suit in hot pink. You can ah. see me coming from space. That's amazing. But, but what about the 20? 22 ready to wear i'm assuming were you talking design were you talking the uh couture or were you talking yeah. ready to wear i was talking ready to wear um I, I you know i did it in the contents of talk context of my sequence episode and i really actually just loved the amount of sparkle that was in there um i think i talk about in the sequence episode that you know sequins have a very long history in in clothing you know back to ancient egypt and um, we can't seem to really pull ourselves away from all that shine. So I, and I, I will, I will tell you, I am a sucker for a Chanel collection. I just was going through their most recent, um, Metier des Arts collection. And it's just, I mean, it's all beautiful. I just want every single piece and I mean, I will never be able to afford one piece, but I, I like to think hope aspirational couture, I guess. <laughs> But, you know, we just need to monetize your podcast because a good quality piece of Chanel you'll have for decades. I know, I know. And if you look at the cost per wear, yeah, I mean, how, I mean, it's not that many champagne bottles per day, really, when you think about it. That's true, and I do have quite uh, champagne collections. That's uh, so that's coming up for right after New Year's is an episode about bubbles and champagne, and what it's got to do with sea foam. Yeah, <laughs> what's got to do with sea foam. It's a, so yeah, I, um, but I will say I do also like some lesser known designers. I don't know if you watch, um, you know, Project Runway or Making the Cut or any of those shows, um, but there's a d great designer that just won Making the Cut and I love her collection. It's very um, bright and bold. I have a, I'm trying to describe it, it's a neon yellow and black houndstooth sequined blazer from her. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, I love it. I know all about making the cut. I was really annoyed as to who won season one, and I won't say it. And I was yes. really happy with who won season two. Me but too. I also fell in love with Megan Renee. Her designs mm. were incredibly colourful and absolutely something that, that I respond to. But she's having production issues. Uh, yeah. Because I've been trying to get hold of her customer service for months. So I think she possibly expanded too big too fast. Uh, or it's just, you know, pandemic supply line issues. <laughs> I get that, but, um, but the lack of communication from customer support tells me that there's, there's some glitch within, within her, uh, her organization. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, it is, a, it is because her, her clothes really speak to me. They are, they are so dramatic, and I love statement pieces. Mm, me too. Me too. <laughs> you know, I can understand why you got really, really tired of having everybody you know asking you to explain things. I mean, not many of our friends have worked for nonprofit uh, vaccine development organizations, mm -hmm. studied at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, helped to develop improved diagnostic tests for parasitic disease, and conducted research on the efficacy of large scale public health interventions for disease elimination but i can imagine how tiring that would be it's kind of like being a hairdresser and having every single member of your family wanting a haircut they're all different <laughs> yeah it's interesting again i love talking about science and so um my my poor parents had to endure endless dinner conversations about parasitic worms which is what i did my <laughs> phd in i think i think they finally finally just was like a blanket ban on me talking about work um <laughs> so i i do love it and you know i have to say if people come to me with genuine questions and in the spirit of really wanting to engage and learn and have a dialogue i'm always happy to engage and i think what's been challenging over the past 18 months or so is that there are a lot of opinions out there and very entrenched opinions that, you know, people don't really want to engage to learn. They want to engage to win an argument. Um, and so those are the ones I have to pull myself back from. Um, but, you know, friends, family, uh, random people I meet, all of that is, is I'm happy to. <laughs> if, especially if they have a genuine question about the science and then yeah. they're trying to push their agenda. But one of the things you do beautifully, Dr. Lex, is you bridge the gap between I mean, you've you've got a uh, you, know, you, you know you've got a PhD in mi microbiology and immunology. <laughs> I got to tell you those science words. Like you have to do like vocal <laughs> acting vocal exercises to like loosen up your jaw before you can pronounce any of them. <laughs> for my singing lessons uh, and at George Washington University, I'll say, which is very prestigious. But you can bridge the gap. Uh, the fact that you can translate science for for people like me and make it engaging. Uh, you, there's not many translators out there like you. Oh, well, thank you. I, I hope, um, I, you know, my hope with the podcast is really just to make science more comfortable for people to make them not, not, you know, make it not a big, scary thing, like something that everybody can and should engage with. And, you know, the end of my episodes have like a vocab list that we go through some of the big words that I've talked about. Um, because you start, you're starting to see those words, right? You're starting to see words like mRNA and, you know, nanoparticles. And, and if you don't know what that is, it can feel like 
a little bit daunting to try to figure all that out. And then you go online and that's, sometimes that's just not helpful at all. <laughs> so. no, sometimes the information is crowdsourced and, it, and it's not quite what you need. Uh, oh, oh, make sure you go and follow Dr. Lex. She's on Instagram, LuxSciPod, uh, because she's got an insatiable curiosity and you will find fantastic uh, tidbits on her Instagram site as well. Getting back to the podcast, I know you've got something coming up for seasonal. You're, you're doing mm -hmm. a whole series of holiday-themed episodes. Yeah. What's the connection between happy holidays and science? I think there's a lot of connection. You know, the first one in the episode is about oranges, which um, doesn't seem like a luxury item, but in the episode I tell the story of, you know, my personal connection to oranges at Christmas and um and then the, the next one's going to be gold. So gold was one of the gifts of the Magi. Um, and it's also happens to be used uh, in some, for some medicinal pur purposes in, you know, in modern medicine. So again, there's this link that everything is science when you think about it. Like it all boils down to either math or science. <laughs> and so I think, again, just bringing a fun spin to it helps it be a little bit more accessible, getting people just just think about it in a different way than they do otherwise. Like no one's going to like sit there and stare at their Christmas tree and be like, oh, I wonder why Christmas trees smell. I mean, I do, but I think most people don't do that. <laughs> but how fantastic. And this is fun science for adults. I'm sure children will get a, a lot out of listening to you, but this is fun science at, at an adult level. Yes. Especially to for those of us who appreciate a bit of whimsy and style in our life. Um, I was fascinated to, hear, to to learn that plaid, which is because I, all outfits need visual interest. Yes. Human beings are visual. We, mm -hmm. me, I, I don't mean, uh, there are sight impaired and people that, that do have issues with sight. So right. please excuse me, which is why nowadays you'll see a lot more descriptions mm -hmm. of clothing, which is fantastic. And yes. What people are wearing and how they look at meetings uh, for that. But I was fascinated with visual interest. I, I always try and add color, texture, shine, and pattern to outfits to give mm -hmm. it depth. And I was blown away to find out that plaid helps researchers learn how we see. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will confess that that episode, and I can't believe I picked it for the first one, that episode is one of the hardest ones I've done um, because you, 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 make these assumptions that, you know, people who are in the science field will aut automatically understand everything. I, I was reading those papers saying, okay, I understood the word and, and the, and is, in that entire <laughs> sentence. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was a field of research I'd never engaged with. And the, the vernacular, the lingo used was so specific. And so I had to just do so much work to, I guess, kept backtracking and backtracking. Like, what does that word mean? Okay, then what does that word mean? But the, the gist of it is that plaids are used to understand how our early visual processing system works. And so the researchers will show plaids to people um, or they'll use plaids with a, a whole bunch of different techniques to understand how we see pattern. And I just thought that was super fascinating <laughs> way to use a plaid. Absolutely. It would never have occurred to me. I mean, I, I remember buying mobiles, mobiles, have you pronounced them, for small children that were supposed to stimulate them when they were dangling above mm -hmm. Uh, but I think it was more with geometry. So, so that was like, that is fantastic to think that some of my outfits are helping people learn. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, everyone's got a, everyone's got a role in this. <laughs> oh, 
if, if I may, there are several words I didn't understand. But yeah, and, and refusal never offends. But I noticed uh, you you've worked with philanthrop philanthropic. You, you people know what I mean. Yes. Very, very amazing organisations and academic research centres supporting cutting-edge research. But I also noticed you worked in clinical trials for COVID, which is mm -hmm. very top of mind, but HIV. Yeah. That's almost been buried under the carpet, I feel. Yeah, it has. Over the last 10 years or so, because it was incredibly top of mind in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, but there are still clinical trials going on with HIV. Yeah, so I think it's really important to on t on two fronts. Um, one is prevention of HIV. So some of the trials that my team worked on were for better options for people to prevent HIV. And so current prevention is uh, a pill a day. And if you use um, you know contraception as a good analogy, women want a lot of different options for contraception. And so people at risk want a lot of different options for HIV prevention. And so one of the things we worked on was a long acting injectable that you could take. And this is very important like for women to be discreet about uh, the need to, to want to protect themselves when they don't necessarily have the agency to do it otherwise. And so there's a whole, a whole bunch of work around that. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of work still about HIV vaccines, right? You know, HIV is not curable right now. It's treatable and people will likely die of something else, but it's still a lifelong illness if you acquire it. And it still, you know, you still have to switch up medication and then you get resistance to one and then you have to take another. There's side effects to the meds. And so the goal is still to get a vaccine for HIV. And that's been really, really elusive since the 80s, actually. So, yeah. Well, thank you for your ongoing work in that area. I had friends die of AIDS. So oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was terrible so thank you on behalf on behalf of them uh would you feel comfortable giving the audience a message about covid or is that too big a subject to to give information on without more detail oh i mean i can give a quick message get vaccinated and wear your mask <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, it, it i mean it really boils down to that but <laughs> uh, I've taken vaccines when I've traveled to foreign countries. I mm -hmm. had a smallpox and all that, and my, my, you know, my dad had polio. So to me, vaccines are no big deal. They're kind of a no-brainer. Even in New Zealand, there is extreme viewpoints on that. Yeah. Even out in our tiny little country, which is normally very cut, cutting edge and very at the forefront, mm -hmm. polarizing opinions, and it, it blows my mind because... As, as you said, there's, there's not always facts behind it. There's more feelings. Yeah, it's a lot of fear, I think. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that I've talked to, it's really been about the fear. And, um, and then, you, know, you know, here in the U.S., there's this lovely, you can't tell me what to do kind of feeling. <laughs> Americans are very independent people. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I've, I've thought about this for years, right? Even before COVID, there has been a lot of vaccine hesitancy growing in the U.S., specifically around pediatric uh, vaccines. Mm. Um, and so there's conversations I've had with many people over the years about it. And I think I will say, I'll make it personal for a second. I will say it, it hurts a little bit, personally. Like, I know how hard my team worked, how many hours they put in to these 
clinical trials. I know how hard everybody else worked and nobody's doing it to make, you're not at, at the level that I work, nobody's doing it to make money, right? Mm. <laughs> like none of us are going to get rich from this. They're doing it because they want to help end a global pandemic. And so I think that maybe keeping that in mind when you're engaging with information is important. Like scientists aren't out here to try to like take over the world or, you know, any sort of nefarious thing, you know, well, I can't say all, you can't ever speak for everybody, but the vast majority of us are just trying to A, either figure out how the world works or B, make it better or C, both. <laughs> Thank you for your hard work because I, I can only imagine the long hours, which is probably one of the reasons you don't stand around in a lab wearing heels anymore. No. <laughs> and I do hear a lot of opinions about what has been called big pharma, but we, yeah. but we won't go there. Uh, I, I would... Uh, but speaking of vaccines, I've been told, uh, it's been suggested I get a booster, a flu mm -hmm. shot, and a shingle shot. And I'm saying, well, that's fine, but please not all on the same day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your arm would probably be a bit sore. <laughs> you probably have a temperature the next day. I mean, it's interesting, you can. You can do it all in the same. Your body is amazing. And I think that's the other thing to realize is that the human body is a truly amazing thing, right? And... You know, for people who are concerned about you know multiple vaccines at once or that they'll somehow overload your system, it's not going to happen. Like your body's just this machine that knows exactly what to do. <laughs> I mean, you'll you'll be sore and you might get a fever, but <laughs> you're not going to somehow negate the whole thing. <laughs> no, the human body constantly baffles me, and it, 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 I'm amazed that we don't wander around in awe every single day. Just going, can you believe I can do this? Yeah, it's really it's so, I, but again, this is just me and I'm just fascinated by everything. So, you know, it's just, and that's why I got into immunology. The human immune system is an infinitely fascinating thing, right? The, the evolution of how we evolved to have the immune system that we do and what it can do is just absolutely awe-inspiring to me anyway. I agree. Uh, what, what a wonderful world, uh, sorry, wonderful way to end up Immunial, our bodies are amazing. Please, mm -hmm. go see, please go listen to Dr. Lex's podcast. It is a huge amount of fun. Sequins, DNA, cashmere, champagne, oranges, <laughs> and a, a ton of fabulous fun science behind it. That is uh, luxsci.podcast. I am I'm very thrilled with my body, but boy, I'm tripping over words today. You know, all of us have that day. It's a, it's the end of the week, and <laughs> it's almost the holidays. Everyone's my brain's checked out. So, <laughs> thank you. I will take, I'll, I'll take the grace that you're offering me. Uh, it was so much fun to talk to you. As I said, when I first read Dr. Lex's profile, I, I was terrified. It was so many words in there that I can't pronounce, and I didn't understand. But now that I know you, uh, you are, you're going to be my first protocol. And thank you for breaking down, uh, you know, helping us to break down the vocabulary and bridging the gap between the runway and vaccines. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Oh, you as well. It's, it's been such a pleasure. So thank you for having me. And again, I'm, I'm here. I'm always happy to answer questions. So. Thank you. That is much appreciated. And I, I might need a picture of those pink, hot pink heels, though. <laughs> I will text you one. Are they are, yeah, they are. I just wish you could actually smell them. They still smell strawberries. That's awesome. Bye. Bye.